Hello everyone, welcome to Exploring Middle Earth 2023 edition. Woo! This Happy is our fourth year doing this. What? Nope, that's nope. not. Third, right? No, not even. Second? second. Yeah, <laughs> second. I know, dude. I was just messing, I was just messing <sighs> with you, dog. Yeah, this is our second year doing this, um, and, uh, so Happy New Year, or whatever holiday you celebrate, <laughs> <laughs> unless you're in China, that's not happened that's yet. A, yeah, it's a different New Year, yeah. It's not happened yet, so. I had a pretty good New Year. Yeah. What'd you get for New Year's? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. Did you get anything for Christmas that you care to share for? Share with, share us with, um, share. I got a fishing, the pl- class. A fishing pole, yep. f- a fly fishing pole, yeah. and some shirts. Yep, some flannels, you know. Yeah, I got a nice coat. I got yes. a t-shirt. I yes. got um, I got some records. I got like a bird song record. Which yes, you can see which I'm there. looking at right now. Well, yeah. just me. Nobody else can see it. Uh, no, I've got I got some cool books. I got the Volsunga Saga. Yes. Um, I got. Uh, the Song of Roland. Oh, sorry, sorry. Um, yeah, I got book two. Yeah, I think that's just some miscellaneous things, you know. Yeah, I was pretty, I was pretty excited with what I got. I got some champagne glasses at a at a white elephant thing. Nice. Yes. Are you gonna use those at your wedding? I don't know. I think th- I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we'll already have champagne glasses or not. That's, yeah, that's true. Um, okay. And then five dollars at a different white elephant. Oh. So you know, so uh, you get five dollars and two champagne so glasses out of it. Yeah, four champagne glasses. Oh, four. Sorry, my yeah. bad. So, let's get on with this episode. Let's do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, we're gonna pick up from where we left off last year. Yeah, before the Father Christmas letters. Yeah. Um, which w- what did we do? Bef- was that Linden that we did right before? Let me check. But yeah, check. we did the um, uh, kingdoms. Various kingdoms in Middle yeah. Earth. Yeah, we're going. And that. so we're just gonna finish that up before we decide what we're gonna do with the rest of our, uh, um, the rest of the year. And yes, yep. Grant, it was Linden, or okay. Assyrian, whichever oh, one you, you want. decide. Yeah. 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 Um. So we are starting off the new year. Um, episode forty. New year, new me. Episode forty of the podcast. Wow. Um. That's a milestone if you're counting in tens. Um. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> or fives, or fives, or twos, Tec- or twos. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> no more. I don't know. I'm just gonna say every episode is milestone. But uh, yeah, it's episode forty. And we're starting off the new year with a bang. We're doing the Kingdom of Gondor. Gondor. It's a very popular, well-known kingdom because that's kind of where the majority of the movies would take place. Yes. Well, sort of. That's where the main parts of the movie would take place. Yeah. Um, and books. I don't know why I keep saying movie. It's the books. Oh yeah, too. we our podcast based off the books, Grant, not the movies. Yeah, I'm so especially sorry. not the TV show. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> saying. <laughs> I'm just saying mostly like for people who are just casual fans who have just seen the movies. Yes. That'd be what they would know. But we hope to bring casual fans into crazy fans, psycho fans. Turn them into psycho fans. Turn them into Stan fans. They'll be stands. Stan Van Gundy. Can you stand Tolkien? Yeah. I stand Tolkien. Awesome, man. Um, oh, also, <laughs> uh, you know, something that Jay and I are excited about uh, that has happened recently for us. Grant. Oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, th- no, it might not be what you're thinking. Uh, our we are pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> our American football team, the Detroit Lions. Detroit um, Lions. Well, we didn't make the, the playoffs for football. 
Yes. But well, we didn't do anything. The we watched. We watched. Yeah. Yes. But the Detroit Lions did finish with a winning record, which is something that doesn't usually happen with the Lions. Yeah. Look up. I mean, if you're not familiar with football or American sports, like especially if you're in a different country. If you're in a different country. We're talking about real football. Yeah. Not soccer. <laughs> <laughs> but but look Sorry. up look up like the history of like the Detroit Lions and like all of like the failed seasons and stuff. We were the yeah. first. We were first team to have a no win season. Like we went zero and sixteen. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So it was just it was. It was something truly it's special. Tough. It was truly special this year just to have a winning season, a winning record. Yes. It was beautiful, even though we missed the playoffs. But yes. you know what? There's always next year, which is a Lions motto. There's always next year. Yeah. And Michigan almost made it to the college Yeah, and the University of Michigan almost made it. I'm a big fan of Michigan. You know, but I think the refs were fans of TCU. <laughs> you know what? The Come refs on. are all paid <laughs> off. The yeah. refs hate the Lions. The refs hate Michigan. Mm-hmm. It's Michigan against the world. At least it's not soccer. Am I right? Yeah, am I right? <laughs> yeah, you're right. Okay, <laughs> let's get into it, though. Oh, also, <laughs> again, <laughs> before we get into it, um, January 3rd was the uh, Tulsa Tolkien. Did you, I don't know. You got it, Grant. I understood what you said. Tulsa Tolkien. Tolkien. Tulsa Tolkien. Tulsa. Because that was his birthday. Not that he's alive. Yeah, but it would have been his birthday. Mm-hmm. And if it was st- if he was alive, it still would have been and his it birthday. W- it, w- it was a, it was a special one. It was the hundred thirty first. If you listen yes. to our uh, last Father Christmas yes. thing, you would have known. Um, but I did toast to Tolkien. I stood up at nine p.m. my time, and I stood up and I said, I raised a glass of some unknown liquid, <laughs> and, and I said, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, pee, <laughs> urine. <laughs> um, and I said the professor, and that that was the toast. That's all you have to do. I did, but I did add something else. Oh, I said to Bilbo, oh, because it was also his birthday. Yes, well, but not, no, not his birthday. It was the hundred thirty first. So it was oh. like Tolkien and Bilbo, same age. Yeah, but he's a fictional character, Grant. So, so what you're saying is I'm going psycho. Yes, a little bit. Is you're kind of sweet, but you're psycho. <laughs> <laughs> I like staring into your eyes when you tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got your ball back. <laughs> I I took it out from under the uh, table or the couch. Hello. Here, Maddie, catch. <laughs> that oh okay. Uh, see you later. Bye. Okay. Um, let's get this episode started. Yeah, right? let's get this rolling. This is taking forever. Okay, starting off with miscellaneous facts about Gondor, because why not? Oh, okay, yeah. Because what do we, what <laughs> else would we know <laughs> about Gondor? Um, Gondor was the southernmost kingdom of the Dúnedain that had fled from the downfall of Númenor in the later Second Age. We know this. Yeah. just uh, yeah. Its sister kingdom, Arnor, was where the High King Elendil resided. We know this. Yeah. We've talked about this And a you lot. could, too. Yeah. For nine ninety nine a month. Mm, okay. Just kidding. We don't charge. Listen to the podcast. <laughs> Gondor means stone land in Sindarin from Gon, Gonorrhea. <laughs> Gonorrhea. Um, Gonorrhea at the door. Yeah, the the prefix Gon means stone or rocky, like a rocky terrain. And then door means land. What, is, what does Rhea mean? Oh, it means liquid. Stone liquid. Yeah. I've got the stone liquid. I've got the stonies. <laughs> um, yeah, because... 
it, it it's called Stoneland. I'm stoned. It's called Stoneland because it refers to the mountainous terrain. I should stop throwing the ball because I'm not sure if it's picking up the noise. I don't know. I'm just. But yeah. now if it wasn't picking up, people are, don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, whatever. I'm, I'm gonna just keep. My dog needs to be entertained. Yeah. Um. My notable <laughs> regions of <my> Gondor. Barking. <laughs> my dogs are barking. Notable <laughs> regions of Gondor included Andras. Um. Uh, let me pull up a map so I can better explain. Andras. Andrast. Andrast. Uh, Andrast was kind of like a peninsula um, that stuck out into the sea in the far west of Gondor. There was Anfalas, which was also called Langstrand, which is kind of like a, a big section of the coastline. Um, there was Anorian, where Minas Tirith was located. That was Anorian was the lands of the sun, or named after Anarian. Yes, um, obviously. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, there was Belfalas, which is where the um, Dol Amroth and the Prince of Dol Amroth lived. That was kind of another promontory uh, peninsula type thing next to the bay. Or in the bay, technically. Yes. There was the Athir Anduin, which are the mouths of the Anduin River. That's kind of that delta region. There's Athelion, which is the lands opposite of Enorian and Menas Tirith, where uh, Faramir was a ranger, right? And yeah. uh, it was right next to smack right next to Mordor. So it was a dangerous Mordor. place. But also a very beautiful place at one point, I guess. Uh, I am I think this is how you pronounce it, but I'll also I think this is a... I'll correct you if it's wrong. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, we're switching places today. I think because I think this word and some of the other words in Gondor are also words borrowed from the, the mountain men who lived there before the Numenorians. So some of them aren't exactly Elvish. I know how to pronounce Elvish really well. I don't know everything else, though, so please excuse me. New Year, New Grant. Uh, Lamadon, I think is how it's pronounced. It Lamadon. looks like it says Lamedon. Lamedon. That's kind of in the mountain vales uh, in the White Mountains of Gondor. Then there's Lebanon, um, which is kind of by the north of the mouths of the Anduin. Um, there's Lasarnak, um, which is right south of Minas Tirith. There's Morthond. The Blackroot Vale, uh, which is where uh, Aragorn and Legolas and Gimli and the Rangers of the North come out of the um, Paths of the Dead. Yes. Um, so they arrive in Morthond. And then there's Pineth Galene, which is kind of a bunch of hills. Um, you know, the deal. And then at one point, uh, a region of Gondor was Kalanarthon, which is now Rohan. Um, so just to just to give you an idea of the different kinds of lands in Gondor, and the Thank language you, of Gondor was Westron or the common tongue, which was derived from Westron and ancient Adunaik, the language of the Numenorians, and it was uh, yeah the main language spoken in Gondor. Though some learned men could still speak Sindarin, and even Quenya um, was used throughout history to name those of royal status, which you'll see. Jay having a hard time to uh, yes. pronounce all of the Quenya names. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's let's yeah, let's stick uh, around for a wild ride. Yeah, let's <laughs> get started with the uh, the history of the kind of first half of the history of Gondor as we know it. Um, okay, so we'll start with the late Second Age with the founding of uh, Gondor. I'm not going to go into great detail throughout this history because just okay detail. I'm, I mean, a lot of you guys know it already, and we've repeated a lot of it throughout our episodes if that's so inevitable though when you're in your 40th episode am i right, right? am i right, right? Yeah. yeah 
so after the downfall of Numenor, the faithful Dúnedain, led by Elendil and his two sons Isildur and Anarion, um, escaped the collapsing island and came to the western shores of Middle-earth, where the Numenorians had previously colonized and established havens, such as Pelargir, Skilia. Well, that's not really a haven, but they've established them. <laughs> it's close enough. Um, yeah, it's on a river. Uh, Elendil landed in the north and founded Arnor, which we talked about in one of our episodes beforehand. Yes. While Isildur and Anarion landed in the south, about the mouths of the Anduin, and became joint rulers in Gondor. Um, because Arnor was the home of the High King... Hello. Hey. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Gondor was considered the lesser of the two kingdoms during this period of time. Very fun fact. Um, yeah. However, that quickly changes when Sauron reemerges in Mordor. And <laughs> by <laughs> that was a weird wave. Um, <laughs> when Sauron reemerges in Mordor and challenges the exiled Numenorian kingdoms, um, Anarion, uh, I think he's the elder son, and Isildur's younger. No, Isildur's older. I, they make it seem like in the Rings of Power show that Isildur is the younger son and Anarion's the older one. Because I'm pretty sure Isildur has, like, eldest son rights when it comes... Because he, com- he becomes king after Elendil dies. Yeah. And, so, I don't and know he, mess, he messed up, and it's always the oldest kids who are the worst. Right. I don't... I'm just kidding. Yeah. I'm No, I'm kidding, guys. <laughs> okay. Um... <coughs> Yeah, because Arnor was a home of the High King, Gondor... I already read that. Okay. Anarion settled in the region west of the Anduin, known as Anorian, and built um, Minas Anor, all named after him, Anorian, Minas Anor, uh, while Isildur settled in the region east of the Anduin, known as Athelion, and built Minas Ithil, all named after him, too. Um, nice. Because Isildur was so close to Mordor, Sauron attacked Athelion first, um, and Minas Ithil was attacked and taken over by Sauron, and he burned the White Tree of Gondor. Oh, um, no. But Isildur was a crafty fellow. <laughs> <laughs> he had uh, he had taken a sapling of the White Tree before it was burned like he did in Numenor um, and brought it to Minas Anor to be planted when he fled the city. Um, and after the War of the Last Alliance, I don't know why I pronounce it like that, the Last Alliance, Okay. Um, in which Sauron was thought to have been defeated for good, uh, Isildur took up his father's mantle as high king of the Numenorians in exile. First, he stayed in Gondor for a few years, um, as it turned into the Third Age, and he instructed his nephew, Meneldil, who was to become the ruler in Gondor while he was to go to Arnor. So now we come to the early Third Age, the beginning of the Golden Age of Gondor. Golden Age. Stay golden, Stay Gondor golden. boy. Gondor boy. <laughs> um, prancing pony boy. <laughs> um, funny. That's <laughs> funny. That's that's okay. That's now that's funny. funny. I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read a little. I'm passage. gonna pop some tags. Okay. Stop, Finn. Just kidding. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna read a passage now, and you are all going to listen to me. Uh, this is from the fourth section in Appendix A, uh, the Annals of Rulers in Gondor. Uh, yes, this is Gondor and the Heirs of Anarion. Um, this is the first little section. Um, there were 31 kings in Gondor after Anarion, who was slain before the Barad-dûr. The war never ceased on their borders. For more than a thousand years, the Dúnedain of the south grew in wealth and power by land and sea. 
until the reign of Atanatar II, who was called also Alcarin, the Glorious. Yet the signs of decay had then already appeared, for the high men of the south married late, and their children were few. The first childless king was Falastor, and the second Narmakil I, the son of Atanatar Alcarin. Yeah, so that was my passage. It was just a short one. That was really good. It was just a short one for now. That was really good. Um, And then I'll get into my notes. How's it going, Jay? It's going good. Okay. Back to the We're starting off this year strong. Yep. Uh, (laughs) The uh, early days of the Third Age of Gondor are (laughs) of little... Oh, my gosh. My dog is going crazy. Are of little note because the kingdom prospered so much. It wasn't until the year 490 when the Easterlings started to invade um, that the peace was broken. But only 10 years later, when King Gromendikil I, which means East Victor, because he defeated the Easterlings, uh, but when he defeated the Easterlings 10 years later, their peace was restored and they continued to build their wealth and power and only suffering small raids on their borders from the Easterlings and the Herodrim in the south. Um, in the 9th century of the Third Age, which is the 800s. Don't get it twisted. Okay. It's not the 900s. It's the 800s. Mm-hmm. Many people get that wrong. But the ninth century of the Third Age, while the northern kingdom of Arnor was waning, that means falling apart. Not really. Not literally. <laughs> not not widowy. <laughs> but it, it means declining. A line of ship kings was started in Gondor, beginning with the king Falastor, lord of the coasts. They were called the ship kings because they extended Gondor's power and reach along the coasts. Spit. Sp- Spit. Okay. <laughs> specifically in the south, past the mouths of Anduin. Um, King Falastor, also known as Taranen, um, before he became known as Falastor, had an especially notable wife, too, the Queen Baruthiel. She was known for her cats, who were intelligent and cunning, and spied on the doings of men in Gondor. Men would despise the sight of these cats, and um, also their Queen Baruthiel. After King Taran and Falastor came uh, Aarnil I, his nephew, and Kyriandil and Hyarmendikil I. Each of the ship kings expanded upon the previous king's maritime policies, and the navy of Gondor became quite the force to be reckoned with. Jay, what's another navy that's quite the force to be reckoned with? The American navy? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. But not the British navy. Undefeated. I don't know. They probably are. Pearl Harbor was a L. <laughs> yeah, but that wasn't <laughs> really that wasn't a navy battle. Because we, we just got bombard- did bombarded we in the bay. Did America lose the Vietnam War? Right? They yeah. Did they surrender or just pull out? <laughs> is it if you leave? Well, I, is that surrendering? Yeah, I think so. Okay, was the navy involved? They would have had to have been involved. Yeah, but I don't think there was many. Well, I guess if if America loses, the Navy loses. Yeah. So, yeah. When America loses, the world loses. I'm just saying. Oh. <laughs> we're not undefeated, <laughs> but we're... But Mike started to fall. Undefeated against uh, Europe. Great Britain. Undefeated in the, in the European countries. In the European League. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Uh, Pepsi has a Navy. What? Yeah. Look it up in your free time. Pep- okay. Pepsi, or it's either Pepsi or Coca-Cola. So during the reign of this ship king, Iarnil I, Umbar, 
which was a haven, uh, remained in the way of Gondor's domination of the southern coast and was extremely well-positioned haven where descendants of Numenorians lived. Uh, they were called the Black Numenorians because they were kind of evil. Um, Yarnil the first captured the fortress at Umbar and defeated the navy there. Um, Yarnil the first was succeeded by his son Kyriandil, who ruled for a long time before the exiled and banished lords of Umbar attacked Gondorian held Umbar. There's a lot of Umbar. Um, along Umbar. that, along with the Herodrim they were allied with. Um, when Kyriandil was killed, his son Kyriahur. Uh, Kyriahur, I barely know her. <laughs> yeah. uh, he bided his time and built up forces and resources. A little rhyming scholars, dude. Um, and eventually recaptured Umbar and defeated the kings of Herod and forced the southern regions to acknowledge the overlordship of Gondor over their realms. Um, when Kyriahur had victory in the south, he was named Hyarmendekil, meaning south victor. Kind of like Romendekil means east victor. Well. Um, during his reign in the 11th century, you remember, in the year 1000 through 1100, yes. uh, Gondor reached the height of its power and majesty. Gondor's realm extended east to the Sea of Rune, as far north as the rivers Greyflood and Celebrant, and south to the river Harnan and along the coast to Umbar. But, unfortunately, the height of their power means that they kind of have to go down now. What goes up must come down. Yep. So now begins the decline, or the waning, of the Gondor. The wane. Now I'm going to read more of passage. Let's go. From the, from the same section. Everybody settle in. What? I said to everybody settle in. I wasn't talking to you, Grant. Sorry. No, that's okay. I should have said. Okay, this is to everybody except for Grant. Settle okay. in and enjoy Grant's soothing voice. All right, this is, uh, yeah, this is, uh, my passage. All right. Uh, Menalcar, son of Kalmakil, was a man of great vigor, and in 1240, Narmakil, to rid himself of all cares, made him regent of the realm. From that time onwards, he governed Gondor in the name of the kings until he succeeded his father. His chief concern was with the Northmen. These had increased greatly in the peace brought by the power of Gondor. The kings showed them favor since they were the nearest of kin of the lesser men to the Dunedain, being for the most part descendants of those peoples from whom the Adain of old had come. And they gave them uh, wide lands beyond Anduin, south of the Greenwood the Great, to be a defense against men of the east. For in the past the attacks of the Easterlings had come mostly over the plain between the Inland Sea of Rune and the Ash Mountains. And then... Yeah, okay, so basically the the paragraph before this, it doesn't really have anything to do with what I'm talking te- about. Um, but, I'm about. but it's it's about how uh, Narmakil the uh, first attacked some Easterlings and won, uh, and he took on the name of Romendikil, East Victor, and he's the second to do so. Second. On his return, Romendikil fortified the west shore of Anduin as far as the inflow of the Limlight, another river, and forbade any stranger to pass down the river beyond the Amin Mule. It was he that built the pillars of the Argonath, the entrance to Nenhithoil. <laughs> uh, but since he needed men and desired to strengthen the bond between Gondor and the Northmen, he took many of them into his service and gave to some high rank in his armies. Romendikil showed a special favor to Vidugavia, who had aided him in the war. He called himself King of Rovanion <laughs> and was indeed the most powerful of the northern princes, though his own realm lay between Greenwood and the river Kelduin. 
1250, Romendikil sent his son Valakar as an ambassador to dwell for a while with Vidugavia and make himself acquainted with the language, manners, and policies of the Northmen. Um, but Valakar far exceeded his father's designs. He grew to love the northern lands and people, and he married Vidumavi, daughter of Vidugavia. It was some years before he returned. From this marriage came later the War of the Kinstrife. Yeah. Woo! So that's that's yeah, it's sad. So sad. Yeah. Um yeah, so now comes the decline of the Gondorians. Following the death of King Hyarmendikil the first, his yeah. son Alcarin Atanatar did little to maintain the wealth, power, and influence of his father's kingdom. Therefore, during his reign, the majesty of Gondor began to plateau and became stagnant. The following kings did much the same as Alcarin, and therefore, even the wealth and military became might begin. Oh my gosh, you got this. Began to wane. Bruce Wayne. <laughs> it was <laughs> it was during the reign. <laughs> Bruce Rain <laughs> of Atanatar II that Gandalf first visited Gondor, mm. being called by the men of Gondor in Canis, which I think means South Spy, because they thought he was a spy of the South. Mm-hmm. Um, during the rule of Kalmakil, uh, King Kalmakil, um, grandson of Alcarine, uh, the regent named Minalkar defeated a large army of Easterlings near the Sea of Rune, and when, Ma- when Minalkar became the king after taking the throne for himself, he called himself King Romendikil II, the East Victor, which is what I said. Yes. Um, Romendikil II was the one to build the Argonath, or Pillars of the Kings, or um, on the traditional northern borders of Gondor, though at the time they were further north than the Nenhithoil, which was the lake. Um, after the reign of Romendikil II, the borders began to shrink back as the Easterlings and Wayne Riders became bolder and took over lands in the east. And so to bolster his defenses in the east, Romendikil II thought to ally himself with the Northmen who lived in eastern Rovanion. He sent his son Valakar into these lands to learn the Northmen's ways and to build the trust between them. Basically just summarizing what I read. Basically. (laughs) Widowy and basically. (laughs) Um, And now is my last part. Um, so you guys are going to be done listening to me after this. Thank goodness. <sighs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. It's not going to get any better, guys. This is the Kinstrife, uh, which basically basically follows the decline of Gondor. Um, and I will I will continue with what I just read. Um, <coughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, here we go. Um, for the high men of Gondor already looked askance at the Northmen among them, and it was heard... It was a thing unheard of before that the heir of the crown or any son of the king should wed one of the lesser and alien race. There was already rebellion in the southern provinces when King Valakar grew old. His queen had been a fair and noble lady, but short-lived according to the fate of lesser men, and the Dunedain feared that her descendants would prove the same and fall from the majesty of the kings of men. Also, they were unwilling to accept as lord her son, who, though he was now called Eldakar, had been born in an alien country and was named in his youth Vinatharia, a name of his mother's people. Therefore, when Eldakar succeeded his father, there was, gr- there was war in Gondor, but Eldakar did not prove easy to thrust from his heritage. To the lineage of Gondor, he added, to the, fear- he added the fearless spirit of the Northmen. To the lineage... Oh, I just read that, jeez. It's okay, Grant. I'm, I'm all over the place. New year, new me, man. <laughs> Uh, he was handsome and instead val- of getting Ooh, better, Grant decided to get worse <laughs> this year. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm sorry. Tolkien says this guy was handsome. 
He was handsome and valiant and showed no sign of aging more swiftly than his father. When the Confederates... Whoa. There's Confederates in it. This is a literal... Will we? This is a (laughs) civil war. (laughs) When the Confederates, led by the descendants of the kings, rose against him, uh, he opposed them to the end of his strength. At last, he was besieged in Osgiliath and held it long until hunger and the greater forces... Oh, my gosh. Uh, the greater forces of the rebels drove him out, leaving the city in flames. In that siege, the burning and burning the tower of the dome of Osgiliath was destroyed, and the palantir was lost in its waters. Yes. But Eldakar eluded his enemies and came to the north to his kinsfolk in Rovanion. Many gathered to him there, both of the northmen in the service of Gondor and of the Dúnedain of the northern parts of the realm. For many of the latter had learned to esteem him, and many more came to hate his usurper. This was Castamir, grandson of Kalimatar, younger brother of Romendikil II. He was not on. He was not only one of the. Jeez. He was not only one of those nearest by blood to the crown, but he had been the greatest following of all the rebels, for he was the captain of ships, and he was supported by the people of the coast and of the great havens of Pelargir and Umbar. Got to throw the ball real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, Castamir had not long sat upon the throne before he proved himself haughty and ungenerous. He was a cruel man, as he had first shown in the taking of Osgiliath. He caused Ornendil, son of Eldakar, who was captured, to be put to death, and slaughter and destruction done in the city at his bidding far exceeded the needs of war. This was remembered in Minas Anor and in Athelion, and their, and their love for Casimir was further lessened when it became seen that he cared little for that land, and though on, thought only of the fleets and purposed to remove the king's seat to Pelargir. Thus he had been king only ten years when Eldakar, seeing his time, came with a great army out of the north, and folk flocked to him from Kalanarthon and Anorian and Athelion. There was a great battle in Lebanon at the crossings of Aroe, in which much of the best blood in Gondor was shed. Eldakar himself slew Castamir in combat, and so was avenged for Ornendil, his son. But Castamir's sons escaped, and with others of their kin, many of people of the fleets they held out long at, at Pelargir. When they had gathered there all the force they could, for Eldakar had no ships to beset them by sea, they sailed away and established themselves at Umbar. There they made a refuge for all the enemies of the kings and a lordship independent of his crown. Umbar remained at war with Gondor for many lives of men, a threat to its coastlands and to all traffic in the sea. It was never again completely subdued until the days of Elisar and the region of South Gondor became a debatable land between the corsairs and the kings. And that is what I have. That is the that res- is what Grant has. That is the results of the kin strife, or basically another name for civil war. It's like the kin sling. Yeah, basically. But f- men did it this time. Uh, yeah, basically, basically men did it this time. Yeah, it's always men. It's always it's always the men. Okay, so that is mine. My I I detailed uh, Gondor from its golden age or yes, from its you founding. Did. To yes, its you did. Yes, you did. Golden age. Golden age. And then to its decline and the kin strife, which kind yes. of further added to the decline. Yes, you uh, did. So Jay, uh, now is probably now's now's a good time for an ad break, huh? Yeah, we'll do an ad break, then I'll come back and um, just make some noise with my mouth. <laughs> so I'll see you guys later. Hey everyone, have you been wondering where you can see the behind the scenes of this podcast or correct us when we inevitably get something wrong on the podcast? Well, I'm here to let you know. You can find us on Instagram at exploringmiddle underscore earth or on Twitter at exp middle earth. 
If you don't want to look those up, links to both of those will be in the show notes. Welcome back, everyone, from the ad break. Yeah, welcome. Um, welcome, welcome, welcome. It's still 2023, and you're still listening to this. And now it's my turn. You're still listening to WZZM. Actually, that's an actual radio station. 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 Yeah, so let me... Yeah, my, my New Year's resolution was just to get worse <laughs> at reading and at talking. It's, hey, Grant, it's okay. We took a hiatus, and now we're getting back into yeah. the flow of things. It, oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's... When once we get to the latter half of my uh, section, when I have to start pronouncing names, it's gonna get tough, dude. And it will make it seem like my section was really good. Yeah. Thank you, know. you, Jay. Did you do that on purpose for me? Yes, I planned it out. I knew you were gonna start. I knew you were gonna be struggling this first episode. So. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, so we're gonna start off where Grant left off. I'm gonna pick it right back up. With the Great Plague. Yeah. Well, that's not good. Um. Yeah. So, uh, they. Gondor also had their version. Actually, all of Middle Earth had their version of COVID nineteen, um, but it was actually took place in sixteen thirty six of the Third Age, so the seventeenth century. If you were wondering, um, and it the Great Plague Thank struck, you. and the White Tree died. Uh, White Tree is kind of a big deal. Yikes! Kind of a big deal because it's like, oh, this is what it means. Like, oh, we're alive and everything. Um, <laughs> And it swept through all of Middle-earth, so it wasn't just Gondor, it was everywhere. Even the hobbits were like, ah, this is tough, I'm sick. <laughs> um, this is actually tough. <laughs> yeah, this is not easy. Widdly, I'm a little <laughs> bit sick. <laughs> Why do you keep doing that I accent? Don't know. It's funny. Yeah. I like your accent. Okay. So the king of Gondor died, along with all of his children. Dang. So this was tough. this was just the start of their successor problem, which they'll... Big L. Which they're going to have for a long a long time. <laughs> Big L on Gondor's part. Yeah, so he was succeeded uh, by his nephew, uh, which is, and he became King Tarondor. Um, yeah. And he found a sapling of the white tree and uh, moved the capital from Asgoliath to Minas Arnor, the city of, city of Arion. Arion. <laughs> Anuron. Anarian. Anarian. Yeah. I don't I know that word. I don't know yeah. why I struggle with that. Yeah. But yeah, so he became king and he replanted the white tree, which is a big deal. Good, good, good. Um, but the problem was is that he was not part of the original uh line of kings. Oh. So that's just like foreshadowing, I guess you could say. Yeah. So oh, were you gonna say something? No, I'm oh, okay. I'm just oh. I, you say so? Totally vibing okay. right now. Um, so during the plague, like I said, it affected the entirety of Middle Earth. Um, it wasn't just Gondor. So um, even their enemies were affected by it. So even though um, it affected Gondor and they had to abandon their fortifications against the, their enemies and the enemies of Mordor. Not the enemies of Mordor. They're the enemies of Mordor. Uh. Against Mordor and their enemies. Um, their enemies were not able to attack because their armies... In the population, the population and their armies were also affected by the plague. And um, so, even though it would have been prime time to attack Gondor, they didn't have the resources and the manpower, yeah, and woman power. Because as we saw from uh, the Lord of the Rings books and movies, the women can fight battles too and slay the Witch King of Angmar yeah. if they wanted to. Um, because the men can't slay the Witch King of Angmar. Am I right? High five. Am I right? 
so, um, so, but good news. Um, by third age, eighteen, uh, ten, Gondor began to re- recover, and um, King Tela. Mentar, yeah, that's pretty close. Telemetar. Telemetar. He led an assault on Umbar and recaptured the Sidri. Sidri. <laughs> that wasn't an accent <laughs> I was trying to do. I was just recaptured the city in ending the line. We're of off to a really good start. <laughs> the Casimir. <laughs> I always think of Pap smear when I hear that word. Casimir. Casimir. Um, for a l- and for the time, the Kosar was threat was ended. Until a fresh disaster befell Gondor. Fresh disaster. That's not something. Mm, fresh disaster coming right up. Twenty twenty three, man. Yeah. Fresh disaster. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. If you guys pay us five dollars a month, though, it won't be a disaster. We can use that five dollars for speech therapy. <laughs> Widowy. <laughs> so, um, the disaster that befell was the Wayne Riders came in. <laughs> the Wayne Riders. The Wayne. The Little Wayne Riders. Well, hey, Bruce Wayne Riders. The Bruce Wayne Riders. So the first invasion of the Bruce Wayne Riders began in Second Age, eighteen fifty-six, uh, which was forty-six years after they recovered from uh, the Great Plague. Dang, they're really just getting hit. Yeah, um, during the k- reign of the King Narmacil the second, not the first. Yeah. Um, the Wayne Riders were stronger than any other h- horde. I always want to say ord. I always say that with um. Because it's like herbs. Yeah, and like air, and there's another. Oh yeah, air. There's um. another one I can't remember, but um, so well, they were stronger than any of their hordes of the Easterlings, and um, so on the fields of Ravanian, the Wayne Riders defeated the forces of Gondor and the Northmen, killing Narmisil the Second and enslaving all of Ravanian. And I think the I think the hordes of the Wayne Riders are supposed to be like the Mongolian hordes, yeah, like the Golden Horde, because we see um, in the Lord of the Rings we see some Easternlings, Easterlings, and um, when uh, Bilbo and Frodo and um, or not Bilbo, uh, Sam and Frodo and um, Gollum, yeah. Gollum turn that blanket into a rock. That's insane. Remember magic, that? yeah. magic, um, magic. We see some Easternlings. Easter. I keep saying Eastern. Easter. Yeah, they celebrate Easter. Easter. <laughs> um, uh, so, with the enslavement of Ravanian, this allowed the Nazgul to enter Mordor, um, which is not a good thing. No. Am I right? No. No, it's not a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> so, in 1899, the very last year of the 19th century, wow. um, King Kalimantar... Uh, led a revolt in Ravanian and defeated the Wayne Riders in the Battle of Dragorlad. Dagorlad. Uh, so after 45 years, um, the Wayne Riders, after 45 years of being like, oh, what, we're just, like not in power or anything, we're crying. <laughs> um, yeah, the Wayne exactly Riders returned with allies from Khand and Harad. So I can say it, Khand? Yeah. Khand and Harad. So in Second Age 1944, um, the Wayne Riders came in the north from Avanian, and the men of Harad and Khan attacked from the south. So they got sandwiched by Easternlings. Surprisingly, they attacked from north and south and not east and west because they're. Well, I guess it would have been hard to do west because you have to go yeah. all the way around. But I, I just guess thought they like it's in their name. Boat. 
Yeah. yeah and, uh, I, I get it. But so they c- attacked from the north and the south. So they got sandwiched and... um. Big old north-south sandwich. And the Wayne Riders were destroyed, or no, they did destroy the northern army of Gondor, but in the south, Gondor defeated the Southerons at the river, the river Poros. 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 Um, <laughs> that's like the Poros. A- Agatha Christie, Ercu Poro. Ercu Poro. His, uh, er- yeah. Uh, what's, that's a detective, that's what those things Ercu are called. Poro. Um, so the, the captain of Gondor, uh, Arunil, gathered the remnants of the northern army and went north to challenge the Wayne Riders. In the battle, in the battle of the camp, Arunil surprised the Wayne Riders. What the heck? In the, in yeah, the in battle, the battle of, of the camp. Okay. In the battle of the camp, of Arunil surprised the Wayne Riders while they were celebrating their victory. <coughs> so they were probably, like, drunk yeah. in... Just having a good time. They're all probably laughing around the campfire. You know how bad guys get when they yeah celebrate. Yeah, drinking a little too much. You know, there's probably some bad words involved. Oof. Yeah, profanity. Yes, fire thrown around. Yeah, you know, fire. Some fists thrown, Whoa. and then some swords and stuff. But from the Gondorians. Yeah, because they killed them. So in Second Age, 1944, Yo. same year that we were just talking about. Gondor faced a succession crisis uh, when King Andor was slain in battle with both of his sons. So it works from, uh, what was the king? that King Tarondor. Yeah. Um, all the way down to King Andor. And so if you remember, King Tarondor was the nephew of the original king. Yeah. Then his line goes down. Boom. Cut off. No Once son. again. Sons were killed. Um, and uh, his son-in-law... Andor's son-in-law, Arvadui, Arvadui, yeah, um, prince of the Arthedain, uh, and um, uh, Aranil, both of them claimed the throne. Yeah, which is hard because only one person can sit in the throne. You can't have two people. Yeah, right. Yeah. Unless you like double buckle. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why didn't they just do that? They could have just double buckled. Double buckle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Does the throne have a buckle? I don't know. If you guys don't know what that means, that means when there's not enough people or not enough buckles in the car, so two people buckle into one buckle. Yeah, I've done that plenty of times with Me my brothers. Me too. Yeah, just pile in the back of a car, just and they're like, oh, "Someone's got a double buckle," yeah. and it's Who's the two it skinniest be? people. Yeah, who's it gonna be? I can't double buckle anymore. Oh, not that I need. to. You don't need to though, because I'm the one driving. But yeah, that's okay. I mean, maybe once you have a bunch of kids, you might need a double buckle. <laughs> I, I in the driver's seat. Maddie will drive, and I'll be double buckling. No, you'll be, you'll oh, be, you two will seat? be in the driver's seat, double buckled, just to take turns driving. Yeah, without having to stop and switch. Yeah, that makes sense. So back on track. Okay. Um, Arvadui cl- claimed, or his claim, uh, lay mainly upon the old Numenorean law of ascension, which stated that the eldest remaining child should secede the, should secede the king. Um. And if the law was upheld, then Arvadui's wife, Firiel, yeah. Andor's daughter, the last remaining child, would become ruling queen, making their descendants king both kings of both Arnor and Gondor. Which is a very... He's got the right idea. Marry the king's king of Gondor's daughter. And then they say, you know, like, you should uphold the law, the ancient Numenorean law, so that your daughter would become queen of Gondor, and I'm king of Arnor, or Arthedain. So that way, their kids would be kings of both Gondor and Arnor, 
reuniting the kingdom. That's he's got a you know I'm like an analyst here. He's yes. got a good plan in motion. He's yes. got it. He he just needs the puzzle pieces to fit together. You know <laughs> we, I'm like Chris Collinsworth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I wish I wish this was recorded on video because we're having a fun time throwing the ball around for my dog. She's doing acrobatic tricks. Yes. Uh, go on, Jay. What were you gonna say? That's kind of like Tarmiriel and um how her yeah cousin right it's her cousin tar or what's his name our farazone our farazone yeah. our farazone is like i'm gonna marry you to be king i want to marry you i want to marry my cousin to be king that was our farazone talking and not jay talking yeah um we actually got him on here <laughs> yeah um so arvidui also tried to put weight behind his claim as he was isildur's heir and thus by the rights of the high king of all the dunedain so he was trying to scoop everything up dude he yeah. wanted it all it's all for me yeah that's what he would have said uh the council of gondor oh. <laughs> the council of gondor recognized that the name of isildur was held in honor in gondor but they dictated that the south kingdom must be ruled by the heir of arianon anarion anarion <coughs> uh. due to his ancestry from firiel uh and arvidui more than a millennium later, Aragon, 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 sorry. Aragorn? Aragorn. <laughs> Aragorn. My God. Aragorn, Elisar, put forward his claim as both the heir, as the heir of both Isildur and Arianon. Arianon. <laughs> oh, my God. That's We're okay. not even to the part where I thought I was going to mess up. I know. That's okay. Okay. Keep going. Aranil based his claim upon... Uh, being a direct male line descendant of King uh, Telumentar Umbradsil. Is that right? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> King Telumentar Umbradsil. Telumentar Umbradsil. That was close. That was closer. For sure. For sure. For sure. Say it one more time. Telumentar Umbradsil. Telumentar. Say it again. Telumentar. Telumentar Umbradsil. Yeah, it was pretty close, yeah. Uh, his claim was also greatly bolstered by the popularity he gained as a victorious general who saved both Gondor from the Wayne Riders. Who saved Gondor from, not both, Gondor from the Wayne Riders. Uh, so, Steward Pelindor, who was temporarily ruling Gondor, so if you don't know, a steward is when the king is not on the throne, the steward will take control and be like a temporary, an interim king. Yeah. Um, uh,. So he was, uh, he was serving in. <laughs> he was serving. <laughs> he was serving. Um, <laughs> the steward Pelindor, who was temporarily ruling Gondor, serving as an arbiter. Uh <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is so fun. <laughs> I love this. Of succession, succession. I always say succession. Succession. Intervened in favor of Gondor's victorious general, which was Yarnil. Yarnil the second. Who would rule as Arnil the second? Yeah. Um you know what I was thinking? What? Um how uh he had Arnil had a lot of popularity because he was the general who saved Gondor from the Wayne Riders. Yeah. It's like US presidents. Like mm -hmm. some of the US presidents like especially after World War 2, World War 1, um Civil War president US Yeah, US Grant, Ulysses S Grant. Yes. Um he was a general in the Civil War for the Union and he became yes president because he was popular for winning the war kind of mm -hmm. so that's kind of what it reminds me of 
Yes. Especially because this takes place not too long after a civil war in Gondor. Yeah. It's kind of cool. So. <coughs> no, I'm just about though. to clear my breath. Or my, what is it? What do you call it? Throat. throat. <laughs> what do I call it? A throat? <laughs> um, uh, we have fun here. We have fun. During the Battle of Fornost, Arenil the Second, Air. Arenil the Second's heir, yeah. Air Nur, led Gondor's forces to victory over the Witch King of Angmar, yeah. um, who was actually Lord of the Nazgul, if you did not know that. Although Arnor wished to fight him, Arnor's horse was terrified and, um, sorry, I had to burp. No, that's okay. And he fled from the Nazgul against his wishes, um, or the horse fled from the Nazgul against his wishes, yeah. which just sounds like an excuse. <laughs> Dude, where were you? Uh, my, my horse got scared and, uh, he wouldn't listen to me. <laughs> that's what he said. Yeah. Um, Glorfindel, oh wait. Yeah. Um. No, you got it. So he fled, and then by the time he mastered his horse and returned, the Witch King had fled. I wonder if he was just sitting, like, in the distance just watching, and then he fled, and he goes, Oh, head back. I fixed the horse. Where is this guy? He's gone. Yeah. So Gondor. <laughs> uh, Glorfindel, the elf, then prophesied to him that it was better that he not fight Lord of the Nazgul, because never by the hand of man shall he fall. Ooh. Just like we mentioned earlier, because Arwen killed him. Yeah. Or, uh, Eowyn. Eowyn, sorry. No, it's okay. It was a win. It was a win for both of us. <laughs> so, in Second Age 2002. That's oh, not too long 2002. Ago. 2002. That was the year that my... <laughs> was born. You're not allowed to know that information. You know who I'm talking about. You're... <laughs> Okay, yeah, oh, I guess we'll just... <laughs> I'll bleep that out. <laughs> it doesn't make sense to believe it. I know, I was just I was just trying to make something. Okay, you're just trying nothing. to make something out of nothing. Yeah. So in 2002, the Nazgul captured the city of Minas Ithil, the Tower of the Moon. Mm. And after a two-year siege, remaining, renaming it Minas Morgul, oh. Tower of Dark Sorcery, and oh. also just sounds spookier, and taking it as their lair. Lair? I barely know her. <laughs> that, that was a stretch. No, it wasn't, Grant. <laughs> Minas Arnor was renamed Minas Tirithil. Tower. Is <laughs> uh, I said that wrong? Minas Tirith. Tirith. <laughs> I'm you, trying my that, best. That one you would know, right? Yes. Minas Tirith? Min oh! <laughs> and you said Oh, okay. I see what Minas you did. Because Minas Ithil is right above it, and I think yes. you combined them. Because I, I would have done the same. I think what I did was dumb brain. Honey, it's okay. <laughs> Minas Tirith, Tower of the Guard. Don't say you would have done the same, Grant, because you wouldn't have. You would have pronounced both of them right. And no, you know. Okay, so my wife has a little bit of dyslexia. Okay, so shout out, to, shout out to Maddie. <laughs> shout out dyslexia to Maddie, Queen. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not even kidding. I think I'm starting to pick up on her dyslexia from her after being married to her. Because like I don't, <laughs> I don't know if that's a thing, but I think it's like a. Sympathy dyslexia. Sympathy. I've never had a problem with it in my life until I got married, and now I'm starting to like read things wrong and spell yeah. things wrong. And I I'm not even. I think I have problems it. with numbers. I am bad if I'm bad with numbers. Okay, but <laughs> and I guess words too. <laughs> yeah, no. I guess I'm bad with just <sighs> sight reading. Yeah, things, yeah. which is weird. All right, continue. So, um. So you ended with Minas Andor was renamed Minas Tirith Tower of the Guard. Oh, thank you. So eventually in 2050, 
Uh, Whoa, that's not even happening yet. Well, third age. In our oh, in our life, yeah. Yeah. Um, King Arnor was overcome by wrath and rode in with a small company of knights to Minas Morgul to accept the challenge. Um, and they were never heard from again, and so ended yeah. the House of. And let me pronounce this okay, right. Okay, you got it. Anarian. Anarian. Yeah, Anarian. Anarian. You got it, baby. So ended the House of Anarian. So a long line of hereditary stewards uh, governed the realm after the disappearance of Aranor. So they just keep having uh, secession problems. Yeah. They're like, finally we fix this. Oh, never mind. Finally we fix this. Oh, never mind. Oh, never mind. Finally we fix this. Oh, he died. Never mind. Oh, never mind. Um, So right now they're in purgatory of kingship. Yeah. If you picking up what I'm setting down. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Whenever there was a new steward, he would swear an oath to yield rule to Gondor, or y- yield, yeah. Yeah. yield rule of Gondor back to the king if she, he should ever return. Uh, as the house of Isildur was believed to be extinct, as was that of Arianon. Arian. Why do I say things wrong, dude? No, just, just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> the oath was not considered likely to be fulfilled. The house of the stewards ruled as kings without having the title. So they were kind of, and they also sat on a little chair next to the actual throne, so yeah. as to kind of make it seem like they're not kings. Yeah. So, so um, it was more of just like a, just like a thing they did. They w- they were like, oh, we'll do this oath so we can be cool, I guess. Yeah. Um, it was more of a formality. Yeah. So, um, the early stewards enjoyed a long period of an easy quiet known as the watchful peace. Um, and this was shattered in Second Age 2475 by the sudden appearance of new black Uruks out of Mordor. Uruks. Mordor. Who attacked yeah. Osgoliath and captured it, driving out the last people and destroying the Great Bridge. Um, and the city was swiftly reclaimed by Boromir, but in the centuries afterwards, Gondor would, was constantly at war. And not the Boromir we know. Different Boromir. This is actually what the Boromir we know, he was named after this Boromir. Yes. His namesake. Yeah. So in Second Age 2510, um, 2510, when the steward Kirion ruled over Gondor, the kingdom faced one of its greatest perils. An Easterling tribe named Balk- Balchoth. Balkoth. Balkoth. I yeah. was going to do that um, CHs in Tolkien's Middle Earth. <laughs> <laughs> what other Middle Earth would you know? Um, are never pronounced as ch. They're always k. Uh, you could have told me that earlier, dude. Sorry. Made me look like a fool. Just kidding. Made me look like a fool out there. Okay. It's from Nacho Libre. So, Belchoth. Belchoth. Sorry. You just told me that. Koth. Belchoth invaded Gondor with great force. And not like Star Wars force. Yeah. This is different. Yeah, a little different. Gondor's army marched in fight of Belchoth but were cut off from Minas Tirith and pushed back in the direction of the Limlight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bless you. <laughs> that was my dog. Yeah, I was blessing her. Oh. <laughs> Even dogs need to be blessed. Yeah, thank you. Oh, uh, so messengers had been sent up uh, to help from the Eithyod. From the Eithyod. Eithyod. You had it more closer the Eithyod. first time. Eithyod. Eithyod? Just stop. <laughs> I, yeah, would, I think yeah. it's Eithyod. Eithyod. Aethea, dude. And um, a people who lived in the north... They were people who lived in the northern vowels of the Anduin. 
Um, but the mission was undertaken with faint hope of aid, and only one messenger got through. So it's kind of tough out there. Tough. Um, uh, let me just make sure this is yeah, still recording. I probably should check that earlier, but yeah. <laughs> um, with the army of Gondor facing destruction, however, Aethiad arrived to turn the tide of the battle of the field of Celebrant. After the victory of after the victory, the Aethiad were awarded uh, the providence of Calendron. 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 Where they established a kingdom of Rohan with the Errol Eorl? Yeah, Eorl. Eorl the Young as their first king. Uh, Did you know Eorl in Old English? Because the Aetheid's language is Old English, basically. The, mm-hmm. the Rohirrim. Yeah. Um, Eorl, be- <laughs> basically. Basically. Eorl basically means Earl. Like, it's another Earl. word for Earl. So he was already, like, a, he was a lord among his men, and he yeah. was an Earl, and he was just named Eorl. Yeah. So that's a little history for you, or language history, I guess. Yeah, so with um, Eorl the Young as their first king, a permanent alliance between Gondor and Rohan was established, um, and they just had a good time. Yeah. So during the long winter of 2758 to 9, 2759, not to n- year 9, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gondor was attacked by three great fleets from Umbar. These invasions were repelled by Baragond, um, in aid uh, sent to Rohan, which was over, which had been overrun by the Dunlendings and the Easternlings, in Second Age eighty or twenty eight eighty five, um, when the Haradrim invaded Ithelion, King Folkenway, is that pretty? Folkween. Folkween sent his forces. That is say? Old English for friend of the people. Okay. Yeah. So he's a good guy. Yeah. Folkenween. Folkween. Yeah. Full Queen and his sons Fulcred and Fastred. Fulcred, I think, also means friend of the people, something like that. I don't remember what Fastred means. Um, and they did that to repay their debt, defeating the invaders at the Battle of the Crossings of the Poros at the cost of their own lives. Dang. Lots of people dying. Yeah. Um, in Second Age, or Third Age, sorry, Third Age 2901. Orc raids from Mordor intensified, forcing the abandonment of the Ithilien, uh by its inhabitants. The steward Turin II built refugees, refuges. Not re- <laughs> he didn't build refugees. He built refuges, including Henneth Henneth Anun for the rangers of Ithilien to harry the forces of Mordor, and also fortified. Care Andors. Care yeah. Andors? Care Andros. Care Andros. Like a little island in the river. Yes. In Second Age 2954, after Sauron had declared himself openly in Mordor, Mount Doom burst into flames. Into flame. This is flame, not flames. Just one flame. Yeah. And uh, the last hardy inhabitants of Ithilien fled over the Anduin. So they're like, we're out of here. Out of here. Peace. I could literally not take this anymore, is what they say. Yeah. During the time of Exilion II, a great captain named Thorogil, Thorongil, yeah, appeared in Gondor, and in the Second Age, twenty nine eighty, he led a raid on the city Umbar, destroying the Cors- Corsair yeah. fleet and burning the port. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then not long after, Denethor II took rule of Gondor. Do you know who Thorongil was? Thorongil. Is that a trivia question for me? 
No. Okay. Thurangiel. Is that a trivia question for me? Thur- no. Thurangiel was Aragorn. Huh? Yeah. What the heck? Wow. We can cover that later. Small In world. A later episode. Small world. Thurangiel. It means eagle of the star. Mm. That's kind of sick. Yeah. Thank you. Well, um, no, th- <laughs> I wasn't saying that you saying that was sick. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that was sick that you said that, Grant. <laughs> um, um, Sauron had pre- Oh, say what you're going to say. No. I'm, I was going to say, f- continue, please. Sauron had prepared for the final conquest, and in Third Age 3018, <coughs> his forces took the eastern half of Osgoliath. Um, the attack was ended with the destruction of the last bridge across the Anduin. In the following year, Minas Tirith faced a larger attack from Mordor with the additional threats of the Corsairs of Umbar. Aragorn, Aragorn uh, summoned the dead men of Dunharrow to destroy the Corsairs, Corsairs freeing uh, forces in the south of Gondor to come aid to come to the aid of Minas Tirith. So that's from Lord of the Rings. You see that happen. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of spooky and sick. Spooky and sick. Um, Gondor then defeated the army of Mordor, um, but they had heavy losses. It was heavy, dude. Um, The combined army of the West then carried the battle to Sauron at the Battle of the Black Gate. Um, And you know how that goes. They were distracted, uh, the Dark Lord, so Frodo Frodo and Sam and Gollum could destroy that ring. Yeah, even though Gollum didn't think he was going to destroy it. He got uh, pranked. Yeah. Real hard. So, to some ev- some that are to end it up, ended up after the second and final defeat of Sauron, the kingship was restored. Woohoo! Aragorn, sorry, Aragorn, Dang. the second crowned as King Elsar of the reunited kingdom of Arnor and Gondor. Yeah. So his um, his dude um, Arvidui, his ancestor. Uh, is his the thing the line is reestablished? Yeah, and we're back to square one. Ooh. Faramir, the last heir of the ruling stewards, retained his office as a steward, the steward to the king, and ruled over Gondor's eastern region of Ithilien, a fair land between the rivers. So even though the king did come back, and their oath they had to follow their oath of like uh, if the king comes back, we gotta yeah let him chill. Um, let him chill. For real. They were still stewards, just in case it happened again. Because, you know, it happened a few times. Yeah. Um, and, and no matter how cool Aragorn is, he, he could still die and all his children. And then they're they're like, shoot, we're back to how we were. Back to square two. Yeah, so then the oaths of Gondor and Rohan were renewed, and several joint campaigns were fought in the east and south against the Easterlings and the Haradrim. All former territories of the South Kingdom were won back during the following centuries, and his power and wealth were restored. <laughs> and everyone lived happily ever after. Yeah. Except for the bad guys. Yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty much Gondor and every th- little thing that went on. That's Gondor in a nutshell. Yeah. Yeah. And then okay. we're going to break this nutshell. We already broke yeah, the nutshell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's do some trivia real trivia. quick. Trivia! Trivia! I'll go first. Okay. Um, Romendicule II, the East Victor, he built an important landmark called the Argonath. Do you know what that is? Is it a tower? No. Is it a statue? Yeah. Is it the two kings? Yep. Yep. Yeah, there you go. Yes. Um, you you see, like, it's on the border of, like, that lake where they pass through the river. Yeah. No. They're like, hey! Yeah. 
You can get those as bookends. I really want that. Oh, that's That'd sick. That'd be sick. I didn't even Because they're th- like, hey, read this book. <laughs> just kidding. They're just standing on either side of your books. Yeah. It's really cool. Uh, okay, what do you got for me? So, after King Tyrondor found a, s- found a sapling of the white tree, yeah. where did he move the capital from Osgoliath to? Uh, Minas Tirith, right? Or Minas Anor. Yes. Before it was called. Yes. Before it was called. Nice, dude. Um, okay. Uh, I didn't mention this, but I feel like you should be able to get it because you talked about them a little bit. Oh, no. Now I'm going to look even stupider. Uh, no. Who are the descendants of the Northmen, the Dugavius people? The You talked about them a little bit, and then they end up later. Are they the Rohirrim? Yeah. Yes. Wow, dude. I'm starting out 2023 pretty strong. Hey. Okay. Hey. Give me that second one. Um, the early stewards enjoyed a long period of uneasy quiet, which was shattered in Third Age 2475. What was that period called? Watchful Peace. Yes, Grant. You're starting off strong, too. Yes. Wow. Um, what was Queen Baruthiel famous for? This one might be a little harder. I made this last one harder. Queen Baruthiel. I mentioned her earlier on when I was talking because uh, she was the wife of a great king, and she was famous for something, and people did not like her for it. Um, or rather, she was famous for having certain something. Having something? I don't know. Owning something. I don't owning know. something? Uh, shoot, I don't know. Owning, let me think, of what a queen would own that. 21 would. questions, go. <laughs> um... Is it edible? Are we actually playing 21 questions? Let's do it. Is it edible? Yeah. I, I Technically, yes. Um, Is it a fruit? No. Is it an animal? Yes. Is it a sacrificial animal? No. Is it a pet? Yes. Is it a farm animal? Yeah. Is it a cow? No. Is it a pig? No. Um... Is it, um, is it a, like a modern animal? Like, could you find it on a farm now? Yeah. Um, is it? Does it have black? Yeah. Um, not its. I mean, not its main color. It's variety. Is it a horse? No. Hmm. What else could you're you think? You're thinking more like livestock animals. They are found on farms, but they're not like. That you don't breed them for meat or breed them for certain things. I guess you would breed them for certain things, but it's not. I don't. It's not a farm animal you might be thinking of. Like think a little outside of the box. Is it a bird? No. Um, a little outside of the box. Is it a type? Of, is it like a dog? No. Um, I I didn't mean to hesitate like oh. that. I thought. Dude, the qu- I thought the question. Oh, the was cat. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the cats. Yeah, dude, that uh, was um. 13 questions. Good job, so. man. Yeah, so she was famous for owning, I think it was like seven cats I remember or something t- like that. you talking about that because I was going to make a putty cat joke. A putty but, cat. But then I didn't. Yeah. So. I would have remembered it if I made the putty cat joke. She was famous for owning these cats, and these cats were kind of, they seemed to be like magical because they would spy on the people of Gondor, and they yeah. would report back to her. So they didn't like her. Um, we can actually, that's a, that would be a good episode. We could do like a bunch of little obscure characters like that. Yeah, pretty sweet. All right, give me the last one. So, give it to me. This one's probably kind of easy because I just talked about it. Oh, Faramir retained his office when Aragorn became king. What was his title? Steward. Yeah. 
Yes, I'll try to let me and, let me quick scan for a tough and one. And he became also also became known as the Prince of Athelion. Yes. Yeah. Let me scan for hard a tough one, dude, that you might need twenty questions for. Okay. Like you could do like really obscure. You could even do Obscu- like <laughs> obscure. You could even do like a name of a king or something like that. Yeah. Like a, like what he. You could do like what this king did, and then I would have to try and name the king. Okay. Let me see. Nice. Okay, this one, I don't know if this is tough or not. Arinil bases claim upon being the direct male descendant, male line descendant of which king? Isildur. Or Arvidur. Arvidu, no, no, Arvidui. It was the, there's, there was Arinil and Arvidui were the two that claimed descendant from kings, and Arinil's was from Isildur, but, or no, Arvidui was from Isildur. Oh, but you're Arinil, talking about Arinil. Arinil based his claim upon oh. a king. Um, on which king? Not the witch king, but which king? Sorry, I thought I thought you said Aragorn for a second. And I have a hint if you want a hint. Um. Oh, I think I corrected you a bunch on this one. Yeah, that was I? my hint, is that you had to correct me a bunch uh, on this name. It was Talumatar Umbardakil. Yes, Grant. Yeah. Nice. Yes, Grant. Yes, Grant. Yes. Um, We do have current events. Yes, Grant has current which events. Which I have prepared. Because uh, there, there, ha- there have been a few happenings here and there. Um, And this will just be real quick so we can wrap this up. Okay. Uh, Current events, something to do with Rings of Power Season 2. There have been... uh cast members that have been um, officially recognized. We've got um, Sam Hazeldine, who takes over as Adar in place of Joseph Maul. The reasons are unknown, but he looks very similar to what Joseph Maul looks like, so uh, chances are you won't even recognize the difference. And we want more um, of that. We <laughs> <laughs> we've also got Gabriel Akuwudike. I'm going to botch a lot of these names. Jason Zaitz Atour. Ben Daniels, Nia Towell, Nicholas Woodson, Amelia Kenworthy, Murray McArthur, Selena Lowe, Cameron Anderson, uh, <laughs> uh, Oliver Alvin Winson, um, Stuart Bowman, Gavi Singe Chera, William Chubb, Kevin Eldon, Chubb, <laughs> Will Keen, and Caleb Lynch. Um, so those are all the confirmed actors and actresses who are going to be added into season two of Rings of Power. You can see all those on uh, Instagram pages and on the internet. <laughs> so yes, and here, <laughs> here, um, and probably my favorite bit of news. So we've had the the fall of Numenor, which is a compilation of all the Numenorean stories of the Second Age, that was published recently in November. Um, and then we've got uh, also the illustrated Silmarillion, kind of like the deluxe edition. Um, came yes. out also in November, so we've got those two new books, um, <laughs> and <laughs> we've got another book coming. Um, but is it doggy ASMR? Yeah, I don't know if you can actually hear that. Yeah, um, we've got another book coming. She just freaked herself out. That was awesome. <laughs> Say it loud. There you go. Come on, speak. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. 
What a good girl. Good girl. Good girl. What a good girl. I'll get you a treat later. Okay. Um. So this book is actually uh called the battle, the battle, the battle, the battle of Malden alongside the homecoming of Bjornoth. So this is not actually a Middle Earth story. This is a historical story, um, or history, if you will. Um. So if I've, of course. If you know Tolkien, you know that he's a big history buff, and he loved Anglo-Saxon history, Germanic history, Norse history, all that sort of stuff, and all their mm-hmm. mythologies. And he did translate this book, and now it's actually compiled, edited. Um, it's edited by Peter Grybauskas. Um, and, yeah, so it's the Battle of Maldon together with the homecoming of Bjornoth, and I'll just read this from an article on... Uh, He'll just read. On the internet. Um, HarperCollins has announced a t- new Tolkien book, The Battle of Maldon, together with the Woo-hoo! homecoming of Bjornoth, and it will be published on March 30th, 2023, so at the end of this March. Yes. Edited by Peter Grabowskis, it features Tolkien's prose translation of the Old English poem, The Battle of Maldon, alongside his own alliterative poem, The Homo... Hom- the Homo... <laughs> 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 the Homecoming of Bjornoth, Bjornthelm's son, and related essays. I, for one, cannot wait. I love this stuff. I, for two. <laughs> uh, this is from the press release. Uh, first ever standalone edition of one of J.R.R. Tolkien's most important poetic dramas that explores timely themes such as the nature of heroism and chivalry during war and which features unpublished and never-before-seen texts and drafts. In 991 A.D., the Vikings attacked an Anglo-Saxon defense force led by their duke, Bjornoth resulting in brutal fighting along the banks of the river Blackwater near Maldon in Essex. The attack is widely considered one of the defining conflicts of 10th century England, due to it being immortalized in the poem The Battle of Maldon. Written shortly after the battle, the poem now survives only as a 325-line fragment, but its value to today is incalculable, wow. not just as a heroic tale, but in a vividly expressing the lost language of our ancestors and celebrating ideals of loyalty and friendship. J.R.R. Tolkien considered the Battle of Maldon the last surviving fragment of ancient English heroic minstrelsy. That's a crazy word. Wait, what's the name of this book? The Battle of Maldon. Okay. Okay. Uh, It would inspire him to compose, during the 1930s, his own dramatic verse dialogue, The Homecoming of Bjornoth Bjornthelm's Son, which imagines the aftermath of the great battle, which when two of Bjornoth's retainers come to retrieve their duke's body. Leading Tolkien scholar Peter Grabowskis presents for the very first time J.R.R. Tolkien's own prose translation of the Battle of Maldon, together with the definitive treatment of the homecoming of Bjornoth and its accompanying essays. Also included and never before published is Tolkien's Bravura lecture, The Tradition of Versification in Old English, a wide-ranging essay on the nature of poetic tradition. Illuminated with insightful notes and commentary, he has produced a definitive critical edition of these works and argues compellingly that Beowulf accepted the Battle of Maldon may have well have been the old English poem that most influenced Tolkien's fiction, most, most dramatically within, within the, the pages, pages of, of the Lord, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I was re- I was looking into it and I found exactly what you're reading. Good job. It's a it's got a cool cover, doesn't it? So they said that. Oh wait, let me. Yeah, s- it does have a cool cover, doesn't it? It has a cool yeah. cover, doesn't it? Oh yeah, it does. Um, where did it say it was incalculable? Uh, in the press release or? Uh, yeah, it's in the press release part. It's like the third paragraph. Okay, so it says, written shortly after the battle of the poem, now survives only as a 200 or 325. 
See, that's my numbers <laughs> dyslexia. Yeah. 325 line fragment, but its value today is incalculable. Then it says, The Battle of Man- Maladon will be published on March 2023 hardback for 19.99 and on Kindle for 14.99. So it's obviously not incalculable. They calculated they it. They calculated it. <laughs> yeah, so that's uh, <laughs> that's uh, how much it's worth. Yeah, new Tolkien translation of a uh, epic poem and also some new actors for Rings of Power season epic two. Poem. Uh, so we got things moving along. Things are getting rolling. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. And we finished Gondor. We'll probably do like Rohan next, right? Yeah, yep. I mean, we, that's kind we gave of a little teaser of Rohan in theory because yeah. you heard a little bit about Rohan. Yeah. That's, only Rohan. A na- that's only kind of a natural, uh, what do you call it? <laughs> I'm raw dogging this mic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> crazy. crazy. The, pop fil- the pop filter. Off. Oh, yeah, that's bad. Jeez. <laughs> okay, pop filters off. Thank you. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so we'll, might as well just do Rohan next. Might as well. Makes and then sense. we'll announce at that episode what our plans for the year are. To quit the, the year being 2023. Uh, okay. Uh, yep. That's it. Goodbye. Goodbye.